we're back and it's award show season erica and i play a little catch up on some comeback performances bts finally getting a grammy nomination and we talk about their recent performances at the Mellon music awards and the mnet asian music awards what more could you want crushed velvet suits holograms and us gushing about bts let's get it guess we just need to dive right in. <laughs> so how do we be intentional about being unintentional? <laughs> Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> Red leather, biggie. So this comeback, <laughs> it's happening. The com- I feel like the comeback is over, to be honest. <laughs> Seriously, (laughs) it's so weird. Like, I know we haven't been in many comebacks, but like the other comebacks we were in, even seven, um, even though like it was right in the middle of the pandemic and they didn't have the audiences at the comeback shows. Like I was talking to um, Caroline and she made me realize they didn't do any of the Korean comeback shows this year. Like yeah, for B. Oh yeah, no, I was gonna say I noticed that too. I was like, they're very strategic or intentional or whatever you want to call it about um really debuting, not debuting, but like coming back on American television from what I could see. And I was like, Oh, well maybe they, you know, because it's the pandemic and everything's like pre recorded, I was like, Well, maybe they're just gonna be like everywhere. And Mm -hmm. there's some stuff that I'm, like, missing from, you know, the normal places. But it really feels like they're like, oh, no, we're just going to debut in these other places, like America. Yeah, but even that was only, like, the one week. Like, the last couple, like, Persona, they were, it was, like, weeks worth of, like, a month worth of comeback shows. And they were on everything. For B, they weren't on Fallon, were they? They did Corden and they did Good Morning America. Yeah, I guess they they weren't on Fallon, but maybe they'll be on him later or something. Yeah, but that's what like I'm saying it's so weird is that it's almost like I know we talked about this on another episode. We said something like it seems like they kind of just want to be past this too. (laughs) (laughs) Ready for the next comeback. And some of like the tweets after these award shows and stuff, they're like, oh, let's look. And, and some of the things they've said, they're like, oh, look forward to our next album. Like, I really think <laughs> they're already working on like a, another album. And with Yungi being out, he talked about B was done in like the summer. They had, Yungi has so much music. Like they probably have like albums multiple albums worth of music already like written and ready to go and then they just have to like tweak it and record it so I'm really wondering like when the next comeback is gonna be and I don't know there just there weren't as many performances and they were all pre-recorded it just seemed like the one week 
right after B was released and that was it. And then now we've already moved on. Life goes on, I guess. <laughs> I guess you're barreling down the down the road. I don't know. This comeback has just been weird for me in general. Like mm-hmm. I said, just because the topic and the nature of like what's happening in the world, it's like just weird, you know? Um, I mean, it's still good. It's just like a weird thing. And, you know, I've thought about this before with like musicians when they write just like such emotional music, like what it must be like to like sing that stuff like after the fact or relive those emotions over and over again. I tend to be into like some emotional artists like Kelly Clarkson or Taylor Swift. And a lot of their music really captures where they're at at a certain time in their life. And Mm -hmm. so I've always thought like, I don't think I could be a musician and like give a concert years later and sing about this breakup that (laughs) was like horrible. And you have to get in that moment again. You know, I'm like, I already live in the past too much, but (laughs) singing it out to like a crowd, I could barely make it through our episode talking about B, let alone like sing it to (laughs) people, you know? You're right. It's not just right after a song is released. It's like, if it's really popular, especially like with Taylor, she writes about all of like the relationship stuff she's been through and she has like a super popular song like 10 years later she's singing about it I mean hopefully she's over it by then but still like you have to drudge up those memories that you've gotten over and I'm a person who like I get to I I get over things I get over things sort of but then if I like start talking about it again I'm right back in that place <laughs> it's like I don't know how they do it how do you compartmentalize how do you not be like drained and and they might be because you do have to especially like when you perform it you have to get in that mindset like you can't be singing this like super sad song and be like jumping around and smiling like you have to get back into the mindset of like when you wrote that song or when that happened I guess it's kind of like acting too when it's like method acting or whatever when you have to like drudge up something that happened to you to like get you in the mindset of like being depressed or being like super sad about something and there are a lot of actors like that refuse to do method acting because they're not like stable enough (laughs) to be able to do that and to not let it affect them Um, that would be me I was like that sounds awful as well (laughs) so I guess it's kind of I don't know you have to train yourself really to to do that and but some of them can't get out of it either like yeah seen that and that's so sad but it's like you're getting in the mindset of someone and it's like that can be a really sad place like I'm like just thinking about it like Titanic here's another old reference right but Titanic is like was one of my favorite movies right and anytime you watch it you're just sad and I'm like thinking about like what it must have been and to be out there and when Rose is on the door and all these other things and that's me watching the movie if I was like on set even if as one of those extras like falling down like the ship and stuff like yeah because like that's something that really happened that's not you know a made-up story that's not from somebody's imagination that's a real life event that affected a lot of people and as a part of like even like my family's history like my grandmother she's passed away when I was young but she was alive when like when that happened and so like put yourself in a situation that you know like maybe you had someone close to you that was affected by that or 
whatever. Yeah. And you're like floating out in this freezing cold water and you have to think of all the people that actually really went through that, went through that. And I was gonna say, I was like really pretty young. And so are you, because we're like around the same age, but (laughs) when Titanic came out, but like, I can't even do stuff like that anymore. Like I didn't really think about it being like, I knew it was real when I was watching it. But, like, now that I'm older, I feel like maybe I'm more sensitive to stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, like, this is, like, real. You know what I mean? And it makes it even sadder for me to, like, think about, like, these movies as entertainment, you know? I think that really ties into this whole album because it's been so hard for you to listen to because it's so real. Like, it's something that's happening to us. Like, I think I said this in our album review episode that usually what BTS is writing about is stuff that happened to them specifically like in the past but this has been happening to everyone and it's still going on now and like we are directly affected so all of these emotions are things that we are feeling now and so it's a little bit harder to listen to if you listen to blue and gray as just a song It is, it's a beautiful song. If you don't think about the meaning of it and you just listen to it, the vocals are amazing. Um, It's just, it's a really, really beautiful song. But then you start thinking about the meaning behind it, what Taehyung was going through when he wrote it and all of that stuff. And then that's when you start sobbing. I don't know, like the performances have been weird because they only are performing life goes on and I know we talked about this too like what other songs really could they perform other than stay and I will side note I like stay a lot more now and I find (laughs) myself singing it (laughs) but even like life goes on has a a more positive message at the end but some of these performances like the very first performances of them really were kind of depressing and I'm like I don't know if I want to watch you perform keep performing the song but I think they're kind of like getting into more of a a rhythm and like a storytelling with with life goes on um so when they performed life goes on on Corden that was like the whole Christmas theme do you you watch that one right yeah I loved that performance sorry (laughs) the way I said that well so they did it in the two parts right and so it was like randomly announced that was another thing is in other comebacks like they've had the schedule of like okay for the next like three weeks we're gonna be on these shows and this one like Corden announced like the night before they were gonna be on there like oh BTS is gonna be performing their new their new song and then they did it in two parts and so they perform life goes on and the ending it was so depressing like they get their concert jackets as their Christmas presents and then they're like putting them on and looking at them like what do we do with these we can't wear these and it ends and I'm like are you kidding like this is what they're oh, gonna no. <laughs> and like I was so depressed and then the next night is when they did dynamite and so on like his YouTube channel, you know, they put it in the two parts and they did the really cool transition with Jungkook at the end with his like Corden mug and his concert outfit. And then it transitions right into Dynamite. That was so cool. And if they would have done it all together, I would have been like, oh, this is great. Like, 
because they went into like the whole music video basically with the uh, um like at the airport and the airplane and like all of that and it was so cool and like a huge production value for a comeback performance on American territory you know when they had to do it from Seoul but like for a whole day I'm like oh, that was the worst <laughs> like that was so sad and why did they have to do that and so I don't know these performances is, have just been a little a little sad for life goes on but then I don't know the transition into dynamite they make it a little bit a little bit better and like hey we will we will be back one day and they're starting to get to the point where they're like telling the story about life goes on and like moving forward and well I'm glad I didn't see those performances the way that you did (laughs) I waited and I just saw it like online and Mm -hmm. I I was in the YouTube app and I saw that James Corden was like upon your request we've linked the performances and I was like oh okay and but I hadn't seen the separate ones because I was like waiting Mm -hmm um to watch them until when I did I was like oh that's awesome so like I think I definitely would have felt like differently like you did but luckily I got to just like see it all together so I had a different opinion of that it kind of reminds me actually we never really talked about this on the podcast but you know when um Map of the Soul 7 came out and they premiered Black Swan Mm -hmm. with that film and like I feel it was kind of like that. Like your experience was like that. Like when they debuted Black Swan that way, I, to be honest, wasn't really feeling it. And I just was kind of taken aback by the, what I was seeing. It was the first time hearing the song. So it was weird to get it introduced that way. I now like really love Black Swan. And the moment I heard the kind of real version of it, I really loved it. And then I could go back and appreciate what the film was, what the film was, but just hearing it introduced in that way was kind of like, whoa. So I can get how like being introduced to the performance in two different parts rather than together really changes how you like feel about the performance and how you like take it in. What if if that was the first time someone's watching or seeing BTS or like flipping through and they're like, oh, I like James Corden or whatever. And they didn't see um, the AMAs or GMA. Maybe they don't watch that. And then this is the first time they're being introduced to BTS and this song. And then they see that. And then it's like, wait a minute. This is so sad and depressing. (laughs) I don't know. It just had like a weird feeling for like a whole day. I'm like, I didn't really like how they did that. And then all of a sudden they put out this dynamite, dynamite performance that is probably one of my favorite dynamite performances with them on the airplane and yeah well to focus on that part for a second like i have been like even though the performances have been not as many as maybe some other comebacks and they have only really been doing life goes on for the most part along with like dynamite i have been loving like the efforts that they've been putting in and obviously bts has always put an effort like come on let's be real um, but I have loved that the creative, the creativity they've been like expressing and I've just been like really impressed. And what I love about them is like, they constantly impress me and I feel like I have really high standards actually that people don't really meet my like expectations, <laughs> <laughs> but they always exceed them. And 
you know, they really don't have, I was, I was thinking about this and we'll probably get into it, but just in general, I was thinking about how like BTS, they honestly could stand on a stage and do nothing. And we would like love it because they're just so talented. Right. But they do everything extra. Right. So Mm. they do what other artists don't do because honestly they could save money. I just love that. Like there's a point of like making money. Right. And all of their like performances are very high value and Mm. there's things that they could do and keep that money in their pocket. Right. So, you know, you have fireworks, you have different stages, you have costumes, you have a whole bunch of other things. And honestly, they're probably taking that out of their own pockets to make the type of performances that they like really love. Whereas other artists would be like, okay, I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying to like make this different. I'm not paying for that. So like, sorry, but I'd rather just put that money in my pocket. So I don't know. I just love that like their priority is the performances and the experience that us as fans get to have. And mm-hmm. I love that they always like change it up. Like they've done dynamite a million times, but they always do something just a little bit different mm-hmm. and something that just keeps you like guessing and excited. And so I've been really loving the production value of these performances. And yeah, like that one, which was like the biggest unintentional or maybe intentional commercial for Korean air. Every time I watch them perform, I'm just like, I think I know what I'm going to see. And then I don't. Yeah. And it, when they do something more scaled down, it just makes such a huge difference. Like they were, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, like Nippon TV. I think it was a Japanese performance. Like right after that, it was like the best artist of 2020. Um, But this was the first performance without Yoongi and all of the other ones were you know pre-recorded before he had a surgery or whatever um and I don't know if it was just because that was the first performance I saw without him that it made such a huge difference or it was just like they were in a room and pretty much the only stuff were like um the screens behind them that were changing and it wasn't like a huge production value so I don't know if like that made the difference or if it was because like Yungi wasn't there but because the other performances like their AMA performance and well, I guess the GMA performance wasn't too crazy it was a little more scaled down but like the Corden performance and then but yeah like they they always do that we've talked about in length at award shows their performances and like the major scale and time and money and effort that they put into building these sets and putting all this stuff together just for a 20 minute performance that's going to be aired one time. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And some people might say, Oh, well, they have the money to do that. They make a lot of money, but you're absolutely right. That that's money they could put in other places. That's money they could pocket. That's money they could use for something else, but they don't like they use it to give us the experience and, you know, to make the music a, even better even though by itself like you said if they're just standing there singing it we would love it and it's great on its own but when you add those performances and that production value it just makes it that much more exciting and makes you want to keep continue watching and listening to them yeah and I love that they are putting so much into these in some of the the more the most recent ones we've seen especially too 
because, you know, it gives us something to look forward to in this really weird time. And, you know, it just gives you maybe something to come away with, you know, from this era that's like, you know, positive. And I think the performances for me have been really helping me to better embrace this this album, this era, because like I said, it's just a very emotional one for me. And that's, again, been very different. I mean, all of this is different for everybody, but like, you know, from the comebacks we have experienced, like they're very high energy. They're very exciting times. It's very much like, I can't wait for this. And so just the nature of this is like a lot more chill, a lot more serious, a lot more, you know, whatever. So it's been really good to have these most recent performances during the comeback to really kind of like, I don't know, just remember, like, I was, I was going to say like the, the award show performances. So the MMAs, it was kind of like an emotional roller coaster because we keep saying like, on or not justice for on. Um, we keep saying map of the soul seven was like the lost era. And even though we had like more of a comeback then it just kind of disappeared after the pandemic and everything. And I don't know, just people forgot about it. And so for them to be nominated, um, like at the award shows for some of this stuff. Um, and then when we did the map of the soul on E concert and we got to see a lot of these songs performed and I was talking to Sarah and we're like, Oh, they're probably going to perform on and on is like such a high energy song and it's exciting and the choreography is amazing and the manifesto film is one of like my all-time favorite music videos of yeah. there and um i was so excited like okay they have to perform this and even like black swan like you were saying um i wasn't a huge fan of black swan until i saw them perform it the first time um i love the choreography for black swan so then when we got to the award shows and they did the MMAs, so it was like, it was this weird emotional. So they started with that um, dance performance of Black Swan and then they went into On and then they went into Life Goes On and then they went into Dynamite. So it was like this kind of slow, chill, beautiful, and then it goes straight into On. And then it goes into depressing life goes on and then it goes into dynamite. And it's like, wait, what are you doing <laughs> with my emotions here going like from high, low, high, low, high, low. But it's like, I was, I was really looking forward to a lot of that like high energy because all of their stages usually at award shows are these like super exciting and fireworks and dancing and cool choreography. And then we always talk about like, um, even though it's at weird times for us, like super early in the morning, we're always on this like weird high or we're so like keyed up after the performances that we're not tired anymore um, because they're so exciting and fun to watch. Um, but speaking of On and Justice for On, I was really excited to see it because like you said, it that manifesto kinetic manifesto film is like one of my top mm -hmm. favorite bts um videos and i feel like on is one of those songs that i kind of forget just how much like i love and enjoy it until like i'm watching it yeah and then i'm just like oh yeah the intensity and just like 
everything. Okay, so they performed own at both uh, at both, and so I'm actually I liked the um the second one, the one at Mama better, um and that's just because like the dance break in the middle of on when they do it is like my favorite, and I loved that the fact that like they even changed that up and the surprised mm-hmm. me on the field like. Let's talk about the fact that they had like a marching band of like twelve thousand people. <laughs> Actually, let's let's talk about the fact they rented out the World Cup Stadium <laughs> first. <laughs> so BTS, like, I feel like sometimes like I have to, I like first of all you have to watch their performances like multiple times because like you're gonna miss something no matter what, even if you're paying the most attention ever you know I mean I am but like you are right so you have to rewatch it so it but you also have to rewatch it to like process it and Mm so I feel like sometimes I get a little desensitized to how like amazing they are because they're just always amazing so like I watched like the mama performance and I was like that's great you know and then I like stepped away from it and then I watched it again later on and I was like okay let's (laughs) talk about what's actually really happening here (laughs) what got to me watching it like on my second viewing second or third whatever was that like they were doing all of that without like stopping they do this stuff all the way like through and when I'm thinking about on think about how long the song is how high energy the song is adding a dance break into it and then they go so hard and like I don't know it was just like hitting me of like what I was actually seeing it's like Okay, Jimin is twirling a baton. Like, they've added another thing to their repertoire. Marching band, you know, color guard. (laughs) You know, the drums, the drum line, people being thrown and tossed into the air. Fireworks being seen from space. They're single-handedly keeping the fireworks industry afloat, by the way. (laughs) I don't know. It was just like, it just like hit me. And I'm like, wow, like, I have been desensitized. They are so, like, amazing that you have to, like, step back and, like, kind of, like, process it again to be, like, what I really think about human beings doing what I just saw. (laughs) (laughs) Although, we could talk about Life Goes On at some point, too, where it's not just even human beings anymore. We have holograms. (laughs) I know. Well, so... I'm not surprised by this, but I was the opposite. I liked the MMA on performance better overall, but... I like I don't know I wasn't feeling the on performance at Mama until the dance break like I thought I loved that there were so many drums like I loved the drum line I thought it was a really cool idea and concept I don't know if it was maybe because the manifesto video is just like my favorite thing ever or all the other like comeback performances of it were more like close up and you could focus more in on their dancing and everything and I, I maybe felt like it was a little harder for them to dance on the turf and they weren't going like quite as hard. I mean, it was like a slight step down from usual, but then the dance break happened. And then, like you said, they had like the cheerleaders being tossed. And then Jimin, as soon as he came out with that baton, I was like, wait, what, what is this? What's happening? What's going on? And obviously it's a, it's a great performance. I just, I loved the MMA performance. I liked their outfits and their looks better. Um, it reminded me more of like the comeback performances right after seven and their whole kind of like dystopian grunge look. Jimin doing his like 
oops, my jacket fell off my shoulder <laughs> like a hundred times. And they just seemed to, I don't know if it was because the cameras were closer and could focus more in, like it just seemed more intense. And like, that's what I like about this choreography for Tay, especially is we always talk about um, how he kind of seems like it's effortless for him to dance. And he has this like, cool calm collected he's just like really cool when he dances and it's like it's just very like smooth when he dances you know like even with like hard choreography but on on he is always just like his face is super intense and he's like popping every move and so and even Jen and like I love some of the like harder choreography for Jen because he like, I don't know, he just kind of, like, really shines sometimes, I think. And and in the manifesto video and in the comeback stuff, like, we were, like, really proud of him with, like, the choreography on on and how hard it is. And I don't know, I, I really did like the mama performance, but I just preferred the MMA performance better. But it's just like... The, You're no- wrong! <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... This is, like, oh, Granny Smith apples to, like, Honey Crisp apples, right? right. It's not even... right apples to oranges I will say like okay one of the things I thought about the the on performance from MMA I love we're gonna get into it mama MMA mama 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 um but (laughs) the one that I love from the MMAs is like I or what I thought when they're walking down the stairs I was like so I definitely am a boy band girl that was like the most boy bandy outfit I feel like BTS has ever worn is in like the on performance like just like the silver pants and like coordinated and I was like this gives me kind of like a little like backstreet vibe Mm -hmm. but I also love it so much and like I just like love that look I love like their hair I I loved everything about the way they look so I definitely feel like those were some of my favorite looks that, that I've seen them in but um, it gives like a real like 2000s vibe, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> um, but the thing I love about On is like, it's giving me like military uniform vibe. And I just realized like, I the thought I had when I was watching it was like, I love a man in a uniform. <laughs> like, well, so. as we know, when I, my very first bias was Jungkook from the dope video and he was a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> And we've talked about before some of their like uniform, um, like the love yourself soul when we did the whole episode on that. And like when they come out in those uniforms, they were hinting at it. That was a clue too. They were like in the marching band uniforms. They're like, <laughs> right. Two years from now on will be happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard with BTS too. Cause like, um, I like to watch people's reactions on YouTube all the time. And I just really love to see what they think. These reactors were reacting to the mic drop dance rehearsal, like oh, okay. dance practice. And I like love that. And so at the end, they were like, hey, you guys tell us, are there any practices that are like better than this one? This is like really awesome. But tell us what you think is the best one. And my reaction to that was like, there is no like best one. They're like mm-hmm. all fantastic. And honestly, when it comes to BTS, it's not about what's the best. It's just about what's your preference. Because yeah. Even though the mic drop one is like my favorite because mic drop's my favorite song and I just love the dance breaks in it and I just like, you know, love everything about it. I also love all the other ones too. Like they're all fantastic. So really it's kind of the same thing with this. It's like, it's really a matter of preference because, you know, it's just, 
better than anything, you know, like I just, yeah, I love both of them, but I totally get why the reasons you express why you love the other one, just, they just look fantastic. And I just love them both. Plus like, I also felt like the mama version, I was like, this is their audition for the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. What maybe it was, who knows? Like they're like, hey, we can perform in the middle of we can perform on the field. We don't even have to have a stage. Like we can just perform on the turf and it be epic. And that just brings up the fact that their performance on this award show was a halftime Super Bowl performance. <laughs> right. That we you know, better than what we see a lot of people are on par at least, you know slash better but you know I'm trying to give people yeah. credit because I really did love Shakira and JLo <laughs> <laughs> they stay auditioning they stay being the best and I just love them so I want to talk about Dynamite or well actually because they only did Black Swan at MMAs right yeah they only did the Black Swan at MMAs so let's actually talk about that so I felt like this was like a part two or a sequel performance to like their debut performance of this song at James Corden. And I also felt like it was almost like a continuation of the MMAs from last year when Jungkook did his like water. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, Oh, and this is, this is also what I was thinking when I was watching it. I was like, why is BTS in my heart and my head? Right. You, they like, give you exactly what you want but you didn't say that you wanted but like as soon as you see it you're like how did you know exactly what I wanted so like we loved Jungkook in the water last year at the Melon Awards it was like oh my gosh shut down the place right and then it's like oh we're here next year we're gonna give you all of us in water (laughs) and I loved Jimin's like solo dance of when he does the Black Swan stuff And so it's like that also, it's like combining everything that we love into one performance. And making it more of what we And making it more. And just when you don't think that you can, again, be more impressed by BTS or love them more, love like a performance more, they do this. And also, can I tell you, if you don't see these performances in HD, you really got to rewatch them. So... (laughs) I watched the first version of this in like not HD and I thought (laughs) I saw it, (laughs) but I did not. It was like very fuzzy. And when I watched it again, I was like, there's way more water on that stage than I thought. It was incredible. I, the first time I saw it was live during the award show. And I was like, what is happening? Like, where did this come from? And like, then I, I saw the water and then they basically did like Swan Lake. They're all in the lake now, like in the lake. They did Swan Lake in the lake, like their ballerinas now. And Add the first that time, to the resume. <laughs> yes, Jimin is now a um, drum major, and he's also a ballerina. <laughs> and a cool thing that I saw on Twitter, there was an actual ballerina that gave her point of view from a ballerina's point of view of Jimin. So, or when Jungkook picks up Jimin and he does that lift, it was just so cool to read the point of view of an actual ballerina and like just her describing actually how difficult that is and how much strength both of them have to have. 
and neither of them have well Jimin has formal dance training but not ballet training and like I've been watching I don't watch it as much anymore but like I've been watching Dancing with the Stars like since it started whatever like 20 something years ago um (laughs) and occasionally there's been like ice skaters or ballerinas or people with like a different kind of dance background and every style of dance is different so just because you're trained in dance doesn't mean you could do a different style of dance and we see that a lot I or I see that a lot on that show so even though Jimin is formally trained in dance he's not trained in ballet and Jungkook is not formally trained in dance at all I'll send you I'll send you the link to it if you haven't read it yet read the thread of it but she goes into detail about like what the moves are called and like how hard it is and especially like to do it in water so like their their friction (laughs) is not as good like it's just so crazy how they can just keep coming out and doing these things like we didn't know BTS could do ballet like now I need a BTS ballet and then also some of like the poses that they that Jimin does are references to Swan Lake it's just so crazy like their storytelling mixed with their artistry and I think that was like the big thing with this song when it came out and they did the um the first video they did with it they wanted to show like the artistry of it and with their music video that they put out but this was kind of like a little mini version of their music video I guess with just like a performance and I actually really liked it without them it was just the um like the orchestral background like they didn't sing anything they didn't they just played the music and I love ballet and I love orchestra and that kind of music and stuff too. So like I could just, I don't know. I just need like a orchestra BTS concert with them dancing. And well, I have a few things to say to that. I didn't even realize they didn't sing. Yeah. Yeah. I just dance the whole time. I didn't even think about it. It's just like so captivating and intricate that like you just said that I'm like, Oh my gosh you're right like I think I had the music like in my like head and soul you know like I didn't even think about that like that's that blows my mind see I tell you you gotta watch (laughs) these things back you miss some stuff like they didn't actually sing but (laughs) um the other thing I was just gonna say is that like when I was watching this apparently not paying enough attention but like when I was watching this it was just like I was like this is art BTS, like, they are pop musicians and so much more, you know, producers, dancers, all these things, but they're artists, you know. I think a lot of times when people criticize pop music, they're like, well, it's a factory, and they pop those people out like they're, Mm -hmm. you know, chocolates on a factory line, you know, but it's like that doesn't really work when you're talking about BTS because their music is so much of an expression of who they are and Mm -hmm. also what society is going through and also just different segments and branches of the arts and again like you said it's like you're not just watching you know the next night it's a super bowl halftime but here you're watching a world-class ballet you know like you're watching so many just different facets and like i don't know they're just like so amazing so yeah the black swan uh dance performance <laughs> <What> <laughs> really incredible and 
so intricate. And every time I watch it, it's just like, wow. And like, just like the stage. And that's another thing I wanted to say. I know we kind of touched on it when we talked about like some of the comeback performances in general, but like they, I feel like are taking what is the situation of not being able to perform live in front of audiences and are like, okay, well, let's do some different stuff that we Mm -hmm. wouldn't normally do. And it's not to say that they wouldn't do the choreography like this, but just the additional elements of like, let's create like a backdrop of like the night sky, you know, and let's add in some elements of like us changing between black and white clothing and some things that you can do because it's, you know, a pre-recorded sort of thing that they're taking advantage of and like, just like, yeah. But even still, I feel like a lot of this stuff they'd also do in person anyway, too. Oh, well, it's funny that you said that. Um, so I was talking to Sarah about it and other, there was one, the other performance that I had mentioned, the Dynamite performance, it was the first one without Yungi. This was like the next performance like that we really saw without Yungi. But it like, it wasn't as noticeable because there was so much going on. There were all the back, the backup dancers it was just like this cool it just went by so fast for me like I knew he wasn't there but it wasn't like as noticeable but then we were kind of like oh well Yungi took advantage or like they took advantage of his absence like they're like can you imagine them being like hey Yungi we're gonna lift you up and like you're or you're gonna jump and like do this spin and like be a ballerina and him just being like no I don't think so (laughs) yeah I actually I was just going to say, I actually felt the same way in watching both of these performances. I'm like, I felt like they were like, well, if Sugar isn't here, we'll do some stuff that he wouldn't probably do. do. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought that was funny that we're like, yeah, they took advantage of his absence and are trying some different stuff. But I mean, that's that could be true, too. Like, we know his shoulder has he's had shoulder issues and there might be stuff they haven't been able to try or to do because they had to think about that for him and they couldn't or because they're seven instead of six and now they're six they could pair up and they can do some other different things so um that's also really smart for them to change up some things like you were saying in the dance break and on they changed it up a little bit at the mama performance and then I think you'd wanted to talk about dynamite and this was one of my favorites how they changed up or actually added a dance break to dynamite so i loved okay i don't even know how to say except for like j-hope in that cat suit (laughs) oh my gosh so yeah he came out and i don't think he's ever not worn a shirt under anything before yeah well except for like Maybe on E? No, he just had a lot of no. shoulders, right? I don't know. Yeah, remember. he just had, yeah, he had, like, the best with his shoulders out. But, like, none of them really, I really think, like, when On came out, that was, like, the first, like, chest ever that we really kind of saw, uh, uh, like, other than debut when Jimin used to, like, lift his shirt up and show his abs all the time. And then, like, fake love with Jungkook. But, like, as far as them having, like, low-cut, like, open tops, kind of, like, there's a lot of... Um, not a lot, like some of the more like hardcore kind of K-pop groups, guy groups will have suits and stuff like that. Um, but they are very modest usually with their outfits, especially Hobie. And then he comes out in that purple crushed velvet 
yeah, a cat suit and it's just low cut and he didn't have a shirt on under. I was like, uh, and he's got his forehead all exposed. They, yeah. First of all, like, I don't, did we talk about this in the Dynamite episode? I'm not sure, but I've always felt like, and I'm pretty sure it's fact, that Dynamite is like pretty much like a tribute to Michael Jackson's music. Mm -hmm. And it's very influenced by it and you know in the video there's lots of like little nods to Michael Jackson and moves and stuff but if you were not sure if that was the case or not I don't know how you can watch this dance break <laughs> and not yeah and not know like and watch Jimin's outfit which is pretty much like Michael Jackson's outfit like mm-hmm. you know his you know legendary like you know black pants and glitter armband and stuff like that it was like just short of like a glittery glove and um no but this dance break was like really fantastic as well and j-hope really stole the sh- i mean they all oh, look yeah. really great let's be real but like j-hope stole a show for me in this with his cat suit and i've watched like this part over and over again <laughs> and he's serving me like carmen san diego realness with his hat yes. <laughs> Where in the world is J-Hope San Diego? And just the way his body moves. It just moves like so fast. And he's in the front. And then Jungkook puts his like arms around him. Like it's like, you know, that Rolling Stone um, cover with like Janet Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> way back in the day. The like famous cover. Like that's what it feels like Jungkook's doing to like J-Hope. And his arms are just like around him. And like. He's just moving his body and like just the way he like slides, like shuffles across the floor, but it's like not a shuffle. It's like a some technical dance term. I don't know, but like everything they did and like and but it wasn't just J Hope too, because like when no, he looked, I was about like, to say that. All of them, yeah. Like he like stood out like a little bit more. Again, he's in that cat suit, but all of them, like I was just, just like playing it back and I was like, RM is killing it. Jin is killing it. Like mm-hmm. Jungkook is like his little legs. And like, obviously Jimin is like Michael Jackson's like unborn son. Well, <laughs> you know, unrelated son. <laughs> I shouldn't say unborn. unborn. <laughs> yeah, unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. And they're in this velvet and they crushed velvet. <laughs> but he, they're in this. Let them, let them borrow his. His velvet collection. His velvet collection. <laughs> this was a tr- in tribute to Yungi, but like the sparkle, like everything about this, and it was just funky. And again, you think you know where you've seen like dynamite so many times before, so you're like, oh, okay, I kind of know what I'm gonna get, right? And then they're wow. like, no, watch this cat suit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like it. I liked how they did it because it it was almost like it was about to end, yeah. and then all of a sudden. I'm like, wait, are they like cutting it off? And then all of a sudden they like get into the line. I love, I I don't know why. Anytime groups get into a line and do the like <laughs> leaning out to the side stuff, I'm like, I don't know. I'm a child. I'm a sucker for, for those kinds of things. And it was, but it was really cool how they did it. And then Hobie like in the front with his hat. And this was one of my favorite Dynamite performances. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, honestly, I can't even remember any other ones anymore. Like, <laughs> all I think of with Dynamite is, like, cat suits. <laughs> like, velvet. Which, I mean, which, like you said, is a cool thing, though. It's, it's like, your opinion. But it also, in the Mama performance, I loved the MMA performance so much. The, the Mama performance, I was like, eh. 
like it was dynamite like it was cute nothing really like stood out to me other than tay's red suit and he i don't i, I think i just really like him in jewel tones because in the mma performance he had the green but it was like that dark green crushed velvet um yeah and then in the palmer performance he had on this like deep red suit but then he also didn't have a shirt on under his vest like he had this deep v vest and it was funny after it happened i was like i was texting court and caroline and because i got up at 3 a.m to watch this thing and then they didn't come on until this oh my god so mama was six hours long by the way but it comes on and i'm like okay hey can we talk about tay in that red suit and caroline and court both were like what are you talking about? They're like, I didn't even notice it. I'm like, excuse me, how can you not notice this suit? And I don't know, like my eye was just drawn to that the whole time. But that was like the only thing that really stood out about that performance to me because I loved the MMA performance so much. Well, but I mean, it was still good, you know, like it, nothing that they can do is bad. But I don't know, it can also make me appreciate like certain members in, in, more in certain performances like okay I can just watch Tay in this performance because I liked his look in this one or I can watch J-Hope in the MMA performance and I have to say with the mama performance I well I definitely noticed V and his red suit I mean how can you not like how can you not but I noticed Jungkook his cowboy fringe yes which is a great look for him and I was um, I also noticed J-Hope had some fringe and to mm-hmm. me that felt like a callback to the yes. yourself tour days where J-Hope gets in some fringe and he and Pepsi yeah he feels <laughs> himself so I was looking out for that I was like as soon as I saw he had fringe I'm like well I'm gonna have to watch J-Hope for the whole performance because <laughs> I can't like miss this but oh also upon rewatching, did you catch like Jungkook's microphone but I don't, I don't know so. what to call microphone like flip twist oh yeah yeah I saw that I, I saw that from the get-go on the first yeah because that's how he starts right yeah yeah I didn't yeah, see I it because I was time. I didn't see it because I was looking at the fringe so I was like really transfixed by like the sparkly fringe but when I was watching again my boyfriend pointed it out and I was like how did I miss this but apparently I missed that they also didn't sing during Black Swan so you know I'm not very detail oriented apparently but what can't he do to be honest well my boyfriend and I had like an extensive conversation about this because we were like so anyone else would be like okay do I really want to risk flipping this microphone this is like an expensive microphone this is a live performance like I know that they can possibly like film it again but like they're not going to want to like do that again you know what I mean but Jungkook doesn't and he's probably like yeah it's a risk but it's not gonna fall like or he's I'm probably like, that. I've never done this before. And then he does it one time. He's like, all right, I'm good. Let's let's do it. Like practices once. And okay, so he does that. And then I don't know if you watched, um, I know you've kind of been randomly watching Run BTS. They were um like playing these games and stuff. It was three episodes ago. And they were doing the bottle f- the um not the bottle flip thing. They were doing where you pull the um tablecloth off and you you line like waters a bottle bottles of water <laughs> up and then you pull off the tablecloth and they have to keep like they have to keep standing or whatever 
And then they do this other thing where they're like sliding these water bottles back and forth. And like Jungkook is so good with things like that. It's like the hand-eye coordination. And at the end, he couldn't do it at first. And then like at the end, or like, and then in the behind episode, they show they show him like doing it over and over and over again. And then he just like masters it. And I don't know like if it's just like natural ability for him to like with his hand-eye coordination and like very specific skills that you I don't know he just he can do anything and it doesn't take him long to do it and I know I've mentioned it before like on in the soup he's like playing this like riff on the guitar and they're like oh that's good he's like yeah I just started like two weeks ago (laughs) and he's like a professional guitar player and I don't know like Oh, if I had a, I don't have a flashlight handy. Oh, I have my army bombs. <laughs> like I can try to like flip my army bomb or something and see if I can do it. But like, you know, it's like, it would take me forever to try to do something like that. And he probably did it in one take and he looks so natural and cool and effortless doing it. And yeah, I had trouble holding my army bomb up for an entire concert. <laughs> so that's not with any flipping (laughs) it's just hold it in your arm hold in your hand so yeah I am not coordinated the way BTS is coordinated I mean who is but and even people in BTS aren't even as coordinated as Jungkook like no (laughs) I like how we like call like Namjoon and like or Yoongi or Jin like all of them like not as like on the same level but it's just like they're incredible and yeah I don't know yeah that's that's kind of like what I took from like that performance and like that was like really great too and lots of fireworks like again I think that they secretly have a private fireworks company (laughs) because they are like keeping it afloat they you they love fireworks so much and I'm down because I love fireworks too this morning I was watching um, the Bunkton bomb of uh, of the MMA performances. Um, they're doing Life Goes On where they're they're just like standing or whatever, and then it's like the glitter shoots out of the things instead of the instead of fire. But I was like, they have like that would scare me. Like especially in Life Goes On, they're just like sitting there like swaying and singing, and then all of a sudden these things like shoot off. Like, do they tell them? Like, hey, we're going to have all these fireworks. Like, I just feel like, and in that one performance when um, they rented out Neverland or whatever, and or Everland, and <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> I mean, hey, who knows? Um, they rented out Everland. And I remember you saying, like, you and your boyfriend were like, that's real fire. And they're, like, so close to it. And it's just like does it scare them when it like shoots off and it's probably super loud and distracting too i would imagine so it they have loud on camera focus. i know <laughs> they have to be like super focused and i mean i know they have like their earphones in and stuff but like that doesn't drown out all the sound well it's kind of funny too because like i can understand like why they'd be so good at it when you think about how suga did in like flinch with james corden like years yeah. ago yeah but when you think about like how Jen reacted, oh, Toby <laughs> fell on the ground. How did they not do it on stage? <laughs> and Hobie is like, he gets scared so easily. That's some of my favorite like Run BTS episodes. 
in the past is like is him getting scared and about stuff because he just like his reactions are great but he's like easily spooked and so how yeah how does he oh I was just gonna say there's like this amazing video on YouTube that a fan put together that's called like when BTS turns professional or something like that and it has like these like really these moments of stark contrast of like them like right before like performances and like goofing around and then the moment that all of them at the same time like a switch turns on and they're like serious these are like scaredy cats Jin and J-Hope but something happens when they're like in performance mode they're like in their superhero mode and they're like nothing can get me now you know well no it's not because it's their twin that it's actually doing that. oh yeah they have scaredy cat twins that do the interviews <laughs> <laughs> so they have the they have the performance twins the onstage twins and then they have the variety show and interview twins that do all of that stuff who are a mess um (laughs) there it's they stay a mess like everywhere they go it is insane or like jungkook there was one i don't even remember they've done they've done more interviews recently i feel like than they have performances I don't know why I don't watch them all because they're so funny. And this is like actually where I get some of my notification sounds. So I have an Android and I can like, I have a different notification for everything I have. Um, But I will record their, like their voices or like audio. And some of them, it's just like funny things they say in interviews. But there was one that just came out and Jungkook, they do. I like when they do like the this or that questions. Um, and what's really funny is Tay and I have been the exact same answers on every single one lately. Um, they've done a couple of these, um, but Jungkook in this one, he literally just sits there and stares into space the entire interview. Like, I think he answers like two questions and it's so funny. Like that's funnier to me than like the answers of the other people. He literally is just like sitting there staring into space or he'll like answer like five seconds after everyone else like RM will be like one two three and then they all say their answer and then Jungkook will say pizza (laughs) like after everybody else so it's like they have these like the super distracted spacey mess twins and then they have their super focused twins and it's like I don't know how they can I don't know how they can all be one person so I think your twin theory still holds yeah, I think so too. And it, it it's the only thing that makes sense. Like they have so, so much content, so many things that they're doing. It's like how how and then you're like, "Oh, twins." Okay. I I wanted to also talk about just a little bit about life goes on. And mostly I wanted to talk about the one at Mama. Yes. Well, this could be another theory too. <laughs> Instead of twins, they could just be they could just be holograms and didn't we call this okay so we're gonna have to reference I don't remember which episode but we kept saying after sugar soldier blah 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 sugar sugar shoulder surgery yes I did it yes I think that's the first time I think so that we're like how are they gonna put him we're like they have to put him in there somehow like we figured some of the 
comeback stuff like would have been pre-recorded before he had the surgery but then we were thinking about these stages and we called it that they would we just said they would like we said they would just put his head on somebody but no they went full out hologram so let's talk about this performance a little bit because okay so they had all these dancers that were let's talk about the makeup it comes on and I'm like wait are these like marble statues and then I'm like uh no these are real people painted white to look like statues that have to stand still for the whole song told my boyfriend I was like imagine that you're like a professional dancer and you're like I finally got my first professional gig and then you're like people like tune in to see you and it's like you're not dancing though but no anyway oh they never dance so I don't know if they were dancers or if maybe they are like some kind of just like performers that have training and that's because they never actually dance because in the they stand still for the majority of the song and then at the end they're just like walking around so I wonder if they're like actors or Or street performers or something I can't hold still for like 10 seconds and they have to hold still for what like three minutes and now that I'm thinking about it wouldn't it be cool if they like did employ a bunch of street performers who can't really like do their jobs the way like Mm -hmm. they used to it took me a minute to realize that they were real people that's how good they were yeah they were fantastic I feel like that's my word of the episode but I mean I really mean it and then so like they're doing this and then when they get to the you know, right before Yoongi's verse and like the door like opens like, oh. with light and he comes out, but as a hologram, like, I what mean, were you thinking? I was thinking that my theory that they're angels is correct because it looked like the gates of heaven opening and then Yoongi just coming out and I actually, I kind of screamed because I was so excited that I was right about something. Because I I feel like I always predict things that BTS is going to do and then they don't do it. We kept saying over and over, there's got to be some kind of hologram. They're going to work Yoongi in somehow. And people are like, no, like they're probably just, they're going to just leave him out of these performances. And he'll come back like at maybe like the Grammy stage if, if that happens or he'll come back like the next comeback even better than before. But no, they decided to have a full on hologram at an award show performance. And I mean, I know technology is like bigger and better today, but I feel like a hologram is still something that's not common. I mean, Parks and Rec, I love Parks and Rec and like the hologram little Sebastian that they do um, at the Pawnee Eagleton merger concert was like a huge deal. And that was like, you know, I mean, that was years ago, but and I know like Seoul is like or Korea in in general is like big in technology and like advancement and stuff. But like I, I just having a hologram, I just think it was so cool. Well, my boyfriend was like, He's like, I think they made it a little fuzzy so that people know that he's, like, not there. Like, they probably could have made it a little sharper, but, like, they're, like, they want them to know that he's not actually at the performance. And I watched a reaction to it, and, like, they totally didn't know. Because, like, they didn't know that he had shoulder Shoulder surgery. surgery. And so then they were, like, during the whole performance, they were, like, where's, where's Shiva? 
oh, I wonder where he is. Like, that's strange. Where did he go? And then when he came out, they're like, oh, there he is. And I was like, they don't realize that it's a hologram. Um, Which is funny because it didn't really look like him. Like, it it looked kind of like an android to me. Like, it it was lifelike, but there were some differences that um, I, maybe it was because it was kind of fuzzy. Like, his hair looked a little different. Um, and his eyes... I mean, I knew it was a, a hologram, but yeah, who knows what kind of resolution kind of <laughs> they might have been watching on like a different like fuzzy connection or something like that. Yeah. Or a small screen. So I do. We didn't fully mention this, but I wanted to say that, like, while I love these performances, it obviously isn't the same without Sugar. And I really love how in the comeback and with this with these performances they've been leaving like spaces for him i didn't know originally when he wasn't going to be there if they were going to like change up the choreography a little bit or if someone else was missing his part or something and i really love how they have been like no we're leaving a space for him we're not seven without him and you're gonna know that he's not here so when you were talking about them like descending the stairs and the whole like 90s vibe thing yeah I I teared up because they had that huge gap left between Mm -hmm. or where he's supposed to go and I had mentioned that in the Black Swan performance like it wasn't as noticeable that he was missing because there were so many backup dancers and there was all the water and like mist and um fog and all of that but then in the first on performance at the MMAs that's when I really noticed just like how they did the camera work and his his verse is when they go behind the drum line and like the drum line lines up and they like pan the camera out and there's no one on stage other than the drum line because the guys are on the side yeah. during his verse and then they come in behind and do their little like drum thing and that was it was just so noticeable and like I teared up actually during on I feel like it was you watching Dionysus for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm crying during this, like this powerful energetic song. Um, But that was like the first really, really noticeable that he wasn't there. And it, I don't know. I just got really emotional there that he, you know, that he wasn't there. And then, I don't know. Oh, you didn't watch the um, Mama's Live, right? No. Um, so when they won Album of the Year, it was really weird. Like, they usually do the day sing. The, the day sing's, like, all together, kind of. Um, so, like, the big four. But they presented the Album of the Year really early on in the show. I figure that BTS won it because James Corden presented it. But I think I saw this clip online but keep going keep going okay yeah so um but it was so it was just live watching this um they come out to accept it and then all of a sudden Jimin pulls his phone out and I'm like what (laughs) is he doing like I was thinking maybe he was like they were gonna pretend he was talking to James Corden or something like the papa mochi baby mochi thing and then I hear Yoongi's voice I'm like oh my gosh like he called Yoongi and like Yoongi gave the speech for album of the year like over the phone so cute it was so cute and it just like 
even though he hasn't been there, like they've been, like you said, like putting all of these reminders of we're not a group without one of us. Like we'll either leave this huge gap for him. We will call him to make sure he gets to speak or we'll make an entire hologram of him <laughs> to make sure he's still here. And what's another thing that's funny is um, during the Mamas, he kept posting on Weavers. And Mama was so long this year. It was over six hours long. Like, it kept getting to closer and closer to the end. And he was posting on Weavers. He was like, when are they coming on? Like, when are the guys performing? <laughs> and then... When it was their turn, he posted and he was like, oh, like, finally, they're coming on. And I was wondering why he was so excited for it and like why he really even cared. But then it's because like his I feel like it's because his hologram and he wanted everybody to see like his hologram coming. But I was like, oh, now he knows how we feel sitting through six and a half hours of an award show just to watch BTS at the end. Cause I feel like it probably goes much faster when you're actually there. And like in past years when they have to like get ready to perform and they have to go change and do all that stuff and they do their performances and they're back and forth, back and forth, accepting awards. So it probably goes by much faster, but for us, like sitting at home, drinking our coffee, five cups of coffee waiting for BTS to come on after six hours. So now Yumi knows how the rest of us feel. What you said about them making space for him too, like when they're going down the stairs, like they could have just put V with the group and then you don't notice like a space or you could like just imagine a space, but they, they've been doing that on purpose. And I think it definitely is a signal to everyone that like, you know, his presence is missed, but yeah, like, having him come out as a hologram during life goes on was a little like weird and like a morbid sense and I was like I don't know how I feel about this yeah because he's not you know he's not gone he's just like he's just recovering from surgery so yeah it did feel a little kind of like angel you know like yeah I I didn't like that but and, and another thing, you know how I said they were auditioning for the Super Bowl? I also feel like they were testing technology so that they're like, okay, if this pandemic's going to keep going on, we're going to figure out how to ha- deliver BTS to your house Yep. <laughs> to give you a concert in your living rooms. I would pay any amount of money for that. <laughs> Even hologram BTS, like dancing in my living room? Like, if, I don't have yeah. any room, but I don't care. They can dance on my couch. I don't they can do whatever but like wouldn't that be so cool I was like okay this is a way for them to like give us a performance since we can't like be there mm-hmm. that'd be so expensive but like you said you'd pay yeah. any amount and like yeah that'd be so much fun so I, I feel like we're saying this um mark this one down too because <laughs> we're gonna we're calling this one yep it's 2021 the you know bts Life Holocaust. goes on in your living room world tour. <laughs> It'll be fan. My word of the day. This, this fantastic. To you by, by the word fantastic. Um, putting the fan in fantastic. <laughs> wink, wink. Well, I don't know that I have any more to say about the award shows, but I did want to like, we have to mention this officially on the freaking podcast. They're nominated for a Grammy. 
Yeah, and honestly, maybe they're like they could be testing like for Grammy performance too with the hologram thing. If obviously would want it, but they didn't weren't expecting it, and Yungi had his his surgery, and um, you know, we we did have a chat about this, and we were saying like now they can officially perform a stage by themselves and if he's not recovered by then like he will be recovered he will be like the uncle or the grandpa in charlie and the chocolate factory he will (laughs) he will perform from a hospital bed if he needs to he will (laughs) regardless yeah he will be there and ready in that performance he's like i don't care just figure out a concept around me at home and my yeah (laughs) yeah on my pillow. Hey, there you go. On my pillow, on my table. He's going to be just sitting on a table on a pillow. But yeah, them officially being nominated for a Grammy for Dynamite is huge because there were a lot of Western artists that had really big songs out this year that did not get nominated. And so for them to be nominated for Dynamite um, is just... A dream come true. Fantastic. (laughs) You know, it's a dream come true for them. And um, one of my favorite things that came out of it on Twitter, there was a trending hashtag, or or I don't even know if it was a hashtag. It was just like what Yungi wants. And it's like, we've talked about this over the years, like everything that Yungi says has come to pass. And so it's just like, keep, keep asking for it, Yungi, and it's going to come. And, you know, they just work so hard and they deserve it. And Dynamite was unexpected for them. Like no one knew this pandemic was going to happen. And this is a big first for them in all English song. Um, now they're nominated for a Grammy and just lots of firsts for them. Oh, and I did see, I think, I don't know if, who I was talking to about it when um, memories, the memories of 2019 came. Um, we're like, what is memories of 2020 going to look like? But then someone posted on Twitter, it's like, now their memories of 2020 is going to be like stacked full of stuff because they had so much happen in this awful time. And it's like, okay, what what are they going to want to remember about this year? And then they've had so many cool things happen to them this year that even though it's been really hard, it's a year that they're going to want to remember. Yeah, there are definitely going to be moments, and this is one of them. You know, we talked about this very passionately about not last year's Grammys, but the one before that where they were kind of sort of nominated for Best Packaging for Mm -hmm. their album. But when the nomination this year came out, it was really exciting because they didn't even put them in, like, Best, like, Global Album or something. They put them in the heavy-hitting real categories, which is something that we've been really arguing for for Mm -hmm. a lot a long time for being respected and put into like the same spot as their peers so like even them just getting the acknowledgement and getting nominated felt like so great and I know that was a dream come true and watching their reaction video on Twitter Mm -hmm. was like so good just seeing them just be so happy that they're nominated and I was just like so proud and so happy too you know, whether or not they'll win, that's another thing. I'm not expecting it. Of course, I think they deserve it. Um, but they are really heavy hitters and people that the academy, the Recording Academy loves, like Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga. So, I mean, 
but look at who they're nominated against. So, and also like mm-hmm. Justin Bieber. So it's a really hard category, but the fact that they're even considered in it is like awesome. And I do hope that they end up performing. And I do hope that if they do perform, I want it to be a performance like the caliber that we've seen on Mama and mm-hmm. um, MMAs. Even if it's not as long, I know they're not going to give them that much time. They're not going to give them 40 minutes. <laughs> no, they're not going to do that, which we, we already know. But I hope that even with their like maybe like four minutes, that it's more than we've seen them do on American yeah. shows. I feel like, I think I probably said this in the podcast, but like, I'm not ever like disappointed, but I'm sort of disappointed, not in BTS, but like in the fact that people don't get to see what they can really do mm-hmm. in American audiences. Cause I know that these are a lot of eyeballs that wouldn't normally like watch them. And I feel like they've been really constrained and restrained on American award shows. Cause like, those are some of their most like basic performances if you look back at like their debut performance at the AMAs of um, DNA, which still was enough to get me interested, still was impressive. I was like, this is awesome. They're like really fantastic and like fantastic. Um, And so it's still enough, like, don't get me wrong, but you're like, these people just don't know. And we were talking about that too. Like this comeback being so weird. I was like, if you're getting into BTS during the life goes on era, your mind is going to be like blown when you go through the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. because if you're already in on like you know this kind of like chill side of them you don't even know that they have (laughs) exactly they have mic drop waiting for you they have fire waiting for you they have like everything waiting for you and they're actually normally like a really like high energy hyped up like sort of group so nice is waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, like you're not ready. I wasn't ready. I thought I was. <laughs> I was not. Um, idol, you know, like so you don't even know. I was like, it must be so weird to like start off being a fan right now. Not like weird in a bad way, but it's just like it's a way different vibe. And like if you only know like Dynamite and Life Goes On from BTS, that's just one or two sides of like the sound sounds Mm. that they're able to do and their sides you know so there's just like so much to discover but yeah like I just want audiences to kind of like see what they can do at the level that we're accustomed to but we don't know how much their hands are going to be tied you know by where they're performing and I feel like that's been kind of like behind the scenes the case at things like the billboard awards and stuff like that the vaccine and everything is not going to be out before that happens. And so they're going to have to record it from Seoul. And maybe like the Corden performance of Dynamite is kind of a, a practice run for the bigger scale. And then even like the AMA's performance was a bigger scale than they've ever been able to do. Um, so they performed Dynamite like in the empty stadium and had all the fireworks and it was like a big True. concert. Um, so maybe that's something that will work in their favor, even yeah. though they can't be there in person to perform, they can put on a bigger stage than they would be able to if they performed in person. We even saw like during the Love Yourself, Speak Yourself tour, like I all of the equipment and all of this stuff that they had to bring, like the blow up 
um, panther things for Dionysus and then like their bouncy houses and like all the props and stuff that they had to bring. They can't like just drag that all over the world. <laughs> and, you know, they, they can't bring a private jet and put it on the Grammy stage for them to do, you know, to do a performance and like be standing on an 18 wheeler. So hopefully they'll be able to um, do this enormous stage for the Grammys and really show the world or show, uh, you know, people in the States like what they're capable of. Yeah, what they can do. And, you know, you're totally right. I think this could really work in their favor. Like, I'd be sad that they didn't get to like experience it there, but Mm -hmm. I'd be happy that they get to do it, like you said, on their own terms. And I would also hope that if they do get to perform that, it's like at a good slot on the show. One of the things that kind of made me a little bit upset to hear, because I wasn't watching it myself, you know, because I know that they do this, was that at the AMAs, they put them at like the very end. And Mm -hmm. I totally understand that they're like, oh, the BTS fans, they're going to be watching. We have to get the advertising dollars. Let's just put them at the end. But the reason I don't like them putting them at the end is like, yeah, armies are going to wait till the very end. But in terms of like new people, if they don't know who BTS is and the show is like over, it's like, okay, I'm just going to go or I'm going to go to sleep. And so I don't really like them constantly being put at the end and almost like an afterthought. You know, I want them to be be put at the point where everyone's going to see them. Yeah, like Um, smack in the middle. Yeah. So that's what I want for them. But in the meantime, I am really happy for them. I am happy for us as army and i i just got so emotional when i found out the news about the grammys because like i was thinking about how like two years ago you know basically we were talking about it and we were so passionate and fired up and angry about (laughs) them not being acknowledged and they have put in so much work and like that's the, the crazy thing like they're just now blowing up in like the united states right but it's like it take it took them seven plus years of really hard work and yep. really, you know, uh, you know, nudging, nudging elbows, schmoozing, whatever you want to say. I don't think they really schmooze, but, you know, really like putting in the conversations and really like trying. And that actually brings me to what else I want to discuss is like they're breaking so many records right now in terms of the billboard charts and everything. It's crazy because it's like for me, I'm like they've always deserved to have number ones. Yet now number ones are like falling out the sky. Mm-hmm. Like they have now like Life Goes On, Dynamite, and Savage Love with Jason Derulo. Not to mention so a plethora of other records. So like they have like songs from their whole like album on like the Hot 100, which is a record. Yep. They are like the first group in history to ever have like what two or three things debut at number one within like a certain time like an album and two singles they and there's like countless other ones and like when you step back and look at like what that is like some people who are just getting into it or who don't really know much might be like oh that's great but they don't understand like this is like them doing the impossible Mm -hmm. this is not easy and it's just not by chance and it's not overnight and like it's not for lack of, like, I, I I was reading something, like, the other day that was like, oh, we gave Sukjin a number one for his, uh, Sukjin and um, Jungkook number ones for their birthdays and whatever. And I'm like, 
Yeah, I mean, it coincided, but let's be real. If Army could do it, we would have been doing it before. Like, number one's the minute you know who BTS is. So it's not just that. It's been really a lot of hard work of getting, like, the radio stations to finally, like, play their music. They had to do Dynamite, unfortunately, but fortunately, I guess. But they had to do that all English to finally get people to be, like, willing to step into the the pool or the pond or whatever it's like oh wait okay it's english i understand that now i can listen to their other music and that's why they can get a primarily korean song at the top of the charts the first one that's ever been there yeah i they're just i'm so happy for them but it's well deserved and it's been a long time coming although i can understand how if you didn't know about them it could just feel like but, but like they say, it takes like a lifetime to become an overnight success, you know? Yep. So, yeah, like I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. And apparently BTS is too, as we talked about at the beginning of this. They're like, okay, life goes on and we're on to the next comeback. But, you know, I, I mean, I feel like that's been the same in the past too. But it's yeah. just like comeback has lasted a little bit longer than it did this time. So it didn't feel like immediately after the albums were released that they're already ready to move on but I mean as an artist like you're always pursuing more music and different trying different things and doing new stuff so you know it's like okay we released this album let's let's go on to the next one but this one just felt different and like it moved on a lot faster well and they also had tours before so like you really got to like feel like we felt persona you know what I mean like yeah it because we lived it and they had a whole like so I think that really also like solidifies the music and I can see them being like okay well if we're not really gonna tour let's like keep it moving you know yeah um plus I also think they would probably want to get something out before the possibility of touring does come up because I don't think they really want to like lead with it like this to be honest I don't like, want them to lead with this to be honest like what a depressing concert right <laughs> I don't want them to lead with this yeah like I mean obviously seven the lost era I would love to see on and black swan and maybe like I would want to see uh live yeah um, but other than maybe like stay and and dynamite and telepathy like i think telepathy would be a fun like dance maybe but like uh, yeah and dynamite live that would be really cool nothing else on b i would want to i would want them to perform like can you imagine how sad like the concert be ending on like life goes on (laughs) it's already sad enough with microcosmos it's already sad enough like knowing that a bts concert is coming to an end that's enough to just like leave people like sobbing more than they already do at the end they already are yeah i know like i would i sobbed at the end of the shows i saw i sobbed at the beginning like Mm -hmm. it's just yeah i don't need to see life goes on performed live is what i'm saying yeah but i'm looking forward to the next comeback too and hopefully it'll be or it, hopefully it can be a little more normalized and then they can be putting a tour together and some kind of something or even just some kind of live concerts. Like 
even if we're not able to go to them, like seeing the fan cams and just seeing them perform in front of army, like that's where they thrive. And that's what they, especially Jungkook always talks about. He's like, that's what I exist to do is like to perform for army. And I think they all kind of um, second that sentiment and they really, really miss performing in front of people. And I can't imagine like going your whole career being a performer like in front of an audience and not just bts but like for any any performers now and then you have to do all of these things like just to the cameraman you know and it's like uh this isn't the same it's most people's favorite part and like i have done some performance not like singing and dancing but you know in other arenas okay that sounds too cryptic So, you know, I think if you listen to any episodes, people know that we met in like an improv class and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've done like some improv performance and that's so much dependent on an audience, you know, Mm -hmm. and doing improv, like not for an audience. It's like, what are you doing? You know, like, and I've done like plays and stuff too. And, you know, you really play off the energy. And I, even I've seen it before, like, so I had in one of my jobs I had to see like I say I had to I had to see the Lion King on Broadway a a lot I know this okay whatever (laughs) anyway my my past life um but I saw it many times and I could see the difference in the performers when the audience was into it and when the audience wasn't like it would seriously like change it and it's crazy because like the lines stay the same and everything right but Mm -hmm it just was a different energy. And if the audience, you could just like feel it, like the performers just like shine that much more. So I just feel like for someone like, for a group like BTS who like, that's like their life, their life fuel and what makes it worth it for them is being around armies, being around like, you know, their friends and like people they love and just that connection and having that taken away, like, that's hard and I already know what it was like to be at a few of the shows so I can't imagine when that's your life and a big percentage of it like you said you had like seven years of that and now you don't have it at all so I'm just thinking of the poor Kate armies when they are finally going to be able to perform in person that they're gonna get stateside BTS and we've talked about this in the past of stateside concert bts versus korean concert bts and the different energy that it seems like they have because Mm -hmm. of the like you said because of the audience but i feel like they're gonna have all of this like pent-up energy of like we haven't been able to perform for army before that k armies might get a little taste of the stateside bts and they're not gonna know how to react to that they're gonna be like wait this is like bts over the top because they're going to be so excited and they're just going to come out like with this wild energy of we're finally being able to perform in front of people again and it's but it's going to be so great and like i can't wait like even i'll be happy with fan cams from that just to see oh yeah just to you see can feel it. How, yeah you can feel it and how ecstatic and happy that they're going to be but no, they need to do their first performance in Korea because I oh, yeah. already was worried for them when they came to do Map of the Soul 7 and did uh in the United States. I was like, uh, I don't know that BTS is ready for no. what's going to go down in this audience. 
Yeah, they get all of that out first in Korea before they come. They need to practice that a few times and like get the feel of it again before they come come do that in the States. Because you want to talk about pent up Korean energy versus pent up American energy. American energy, yeah. We're chaotic. Every the world knows it. So like <laughs> I really don't know. Like at a regular concert, I lost my mind during like Dionysus. So like Oh my gosh. I, like, after the pandemic, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, because it's like, okay, no one's been able to go to any concerts. So like we haven't been able to see live music. We haven't been able to even really we haven't been able to go to like a movie theater. So if like the first thing we do when we're able to do all of this stuff is go to a BTS concert. Yeah, I'll be like, Molly, what happened <laughs> as I wake up? I think you might black out. I mean, from your reaction of Dionysus, well, we didn't have that much time to prepare. It was maybe a month. But I mean, we had listened to the song a lot. And we're not going to be prepared for their next concert that we're able to see live. I just don't want to end up like tased or something. Like, <laughs> I say this You're, like I'm really. I can see you like rushing the stage. You're just like in this blind energy. You have no idea what's going on and you just like rush, rush the stage and then you wake up. You're like, what happened? I'm like, well, Erica. Um, they had to tase you because you were cli- trying to climb on the stage and do mic drop with them. Like it's gonna be on the news. Like she got one move in, one move, and then it was over. Um, I mean, no, like if you, I would be impressed if you were able to get up there and do one move before. Well, the- I probably blasted pieces by like the pyro. <laughs> Uh, I want everybody to know I'm joking. I would never try to storm the stage. I know this doesn't sound convincing now, but like <laughs> I I really wouldn't. Um I follow I, rules. I said it was in a blind excitement. You wouldn't know what was <laughs> happening. I didn't say you were like consciously doing making this decision. <laughs> so No, I would keep it together because I do want to really actually meet BTS one day. And I can't <laughs> afford to black out and be blacklisted be blacklisted yeah oh that would be horrible so like I'll I have to find a way to keep it together even if that means like my boyfriend just like holding on to me I was to say me on one side and your boyfriend on the other side just holding your hand the whole time be like nope just stay here (laughs) you guys are gonna feel my strength and be like we didn't know she was this strong So, yeah, maybe it's best that they uh, don't do a tour anytime soon, <laughs> or I only see the hologram show. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be so happy. I, I just hope that whatever their first, you know, performance in front of an audience is that, like, you know, it's very well broadcast and that we get to see it because I want to be there and feel that with them. And I wanted to also say big ups to Big Hit for being really great about putting information, like not information, but videos up. So I feel like they have it in their contract now where it's like, if we're going to do performance on your show, we have the rights to it like 24 hours later to put it on our yeah. our YouTube channel. And 
that's been so amazing. And they've been so great with like also doing closed captioning. I know that when we first started the podcast, like they weren't putting captioning on the official channel. So it's nice that it's instantly like there and available that we can understand what's going on, that you can get high def versions, that you can get alternate versions where like you don't see like the camera work, but you just see them. So you can yeah, they're focused versions. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they know how to give us exactly what we're wanting. And I, I just uh, appreciate that. Yeah, I do too, because it used to take days, sometimes weeks for a video to be put up on their channel. And then it was like really hard to find it. And then it wasn't even, it wasn't captioned. And I'm sure they have like a whole team dedicated just to that now. And um, I'm so appreciative for that because they they still don't have to do that, even though they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger in the States and countries where people speak English, like they still don't have to do that because they're a Korean band. So that's not something that they should feel obligated to do, but that they're doing for us and for their fans because they appreciate us just as much as we appreciate them. And yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for that too. Me too. Also, something I forgot to mention that's not really relevant to, like, anything that we're saying right now, but I meant to, like, mention before is, like, I know we talked a bit about, like, their fashion in these award show performances, but I wanted to also talk about, like, just their look in general, like, Jungkook's hair. I feel like this is the most undercut he's ever given us, and I love it. Oh, it's not even, like... It's a whole new thing. He's just had like a basic undercut before. This is outrageous. Like it's a I, little bad boy esque. Yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's very edgy, um, especially for BTS. It's like as I said earlier, they usually are pretty um, modest with things, and they're very. Um, but yeah, Jungkook has been. I think he's finally growing into himself and his little edgy look that he has going on. But I mean, they're, you know, they're in their mid to late 20s. Like they're men. They're not kids anymore. And they, I think they want to reflect that in their look and they don't want to just be like, okay, we have to have this like certain K pop boy group look. Like we want to, we're men. We're not boys. And we're um, men. Where men men. tight, tight, tight. Sorry. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just like grown up BTS. I have to mention because I've given him so much flack before <laughs> that this era is really great for RM. And when they were in my favorite boy band outfits that we were talking about in the shiny like silver pants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he has this, like, it's not a mullet, but it's, like, a teeny tiny almost. I don't know. Like, I just love his hair like that. Like, and I was, like, he looks fantastic. And and his other outfits, too. Like, he's been winning. And I feel like he listened <laughs> to the podcast. No, <laughs> he took our fashion advice. Like, He's been wearing well-fitted outfits. It just, he's been looking really fantastic. Fantastic. And, but all of them, like, especially in, like, 
what I said, like my favorite boy ba- band look, like, I'm just mm-hmm. like, they just look so great. Like, how are they great on everything? But I had to, like, during the MMAs when they were, like, about to go down those steps and they zoomed in on RM, I was like, I had to stop and take a picture. I was like, <laughs> I don't even normally do that. And again, my boyfriend was, like, right there. But I, I didn't really have a justification. But <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> uh, just for memory's sake. <laughs> yeah, the we styling has the- been really, yeah, it has been really great all around from head to toe. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to make sure because like, I feel like I do give like RM so much like flack and everything for when I don't like what he's wearing and when he doesn't have fitted clothes on that I'm like, I have to make sure that I'm pointing out when he's getting it so right. And they, yeah, they all just like look so, so good. Also, we never talked about their outfits during life goes on in the MMAs but like I felt like V really reminded me of one of those like Ferro Rocher candies (laughs) (laughs) but I love his ruffles I he's my pirate angel when he wears those it reminds me of like old-timey like middle ages like he wear I love his ruffles yeah. But now I'm never going to unsee that now that you said that. <laughs> Every time he wears that now, I'm going to think of a Ferrero Rocher candy. Oh, I had a dream about him the other, yesterday. The way that you nap. said that, I'm like, should I ask? <laughs> no, it was a good, it was a nap dream. It was a good dream. I always dream about Jungkook. So every time I dream about Tay, then I'm, I get really happy. Anytime I dream, dream about any BTS, I get really happy. Well... Until next time, why say no when you can say B, T, yes. Yay. Well, bye. Okay, bye.